1: On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. I'm so delighted to have you with us today because we're going to have an absolute dynamite show. I know I say that every week and you know what? Every week we do. So I feel safe in doing that. Today's show is brought to you. We have a little sponsor by Valenta Slim Roast Coffee. It's great coffee and gives great weight loss results. Really at this point, and all of you who've listened to this show know about my little fight with my weight, I've lost 18 pounds and nine of them have been in the last nine weeks drinking Slim Roast Coffee. If you want to know more about it, go to the self-improvement blog or contact me at Irene at gmail.com. I'll tell you all about it. Please go to the self improvement blog anyway and see our guest's picture, read her bio, read the review of her new book, and watch the fantastic videos in the right sidebar. They are outstanding. One of the things I've learned working with people is that so many think they just don't measure up. They just aren't good enough. And I don't want to know good enough or what. I used to ask, on a scale of 1 to 10, tell me how much you like yourself. I don't remember ever hearing a 10. I got a few 7's and 8's but generally the response was a 3 or 4. Sometimes the response was minus 2 or 3 and that was usually delivered with tears. We're looking for quick fixes for whatever this is that we don't feel good enough about. Um, we want someone to complete us, like Renee Zellweger's character in Jerry Maguire. We just don't feel like we're all quite right. You know. Since Freud, we've been asking, what's wrong with me? And if you've seen a copy of the DSM, you'll see that there are a lot of diagnostic options. You know, pick a few. Uh, Positive psychology came along and Seligman asked us to ask ourselves, what's right with me? And that's made a nice difference, although positive psychology still isn't being taught across the board. And now Dr. Gail Brenner tells us, we're already whole. There's nothing to fix She says you'll be able to stop trying to find peace and happiness and live it instead. We're going to talk about this today and I want you to notice just how each of those different things made you feel. What's wrong with me? What's right with me? And I'm already whole. If you pay attention, you'll see a big difference. Dr. Gail Brenner received her B.A. from Carnegie Mellon University and her Ph.D. from Temple University. She completed a postdoctoral fellowship at the University of Florida and a clinical internship at the Veterans Administration Hospital in Palo Alto, California. She has authored numerous published articles on coping with stress and chronic illness. Her work as a therapist invites people to return to their essential wholeness to shed false identities and realize the truth of who they are. As a blogger, she's been featured on CNN, the Huffington Post, and many, many more. She's the author of the recently published The End of Self-Help, discovering peace and happiness right at the heart of your messy, scary, brilliant Life, And it is such an honor and joy for me to say, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show, Dr.
3: Gail Brenner. Thank you so much, Irene. I'm just thrilled to be here.
2: Oh, you are right down my alley, even though in the beginning I bristled a little bit when you said it was the end of self-help. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, she's going to put me out of business, but not at all. (laughs) That is absolutely not the case. My first question is always this, tell us about
3: yourself, who is Gail Brenner? Well, uh, professionally, I'm a psychologist, and uh, I've been a psychologist for 20 years, or a little over that actually. Oh, you point. must have
2: started when you were four, I've seen your pictures.
3: <laughs> oh, I look young, I'm old. I'm old, I'm much older than I look. <laughs> And I hear that all the time. (laughs) Um, and I, uh, my interest in a psychotherapy practice has been with, um, a lot with the elderly. I've gone to, um, assisted living places and, um, nursing homes and I've been able to, um, be with people in these different stages of aging during the dying process, and that's been a very rewarding um, aspect of my work. Um, I've also been a lover of truth and a seeker for happiness pretty much my whole life. And um, that's where this book has, has been inspired from, my own search for happiness where uh, my work is about helping other people to be maybe not necessarily happy, but at least at peace, to find a sense of peace in their lives. And with my own uh, life as well, I've been very focused on how can I be happy? How can I not suffer? And that's what's inspired me to write this book.
2: You don't learn about wholeness and happiness in most colleges colleges, when you're getting a degree in psychology? I mean, it's just generally... That is absolutely taught.
3: the truth.
2: <laughs> How did you come to believe that we're already whole? When, when you're taught about all the, the dysfunction that people have and you work with all these people in all kinds of emotional pain, now, where did this idea of wholeness come from?
3: Well, I heard about it, It actually, from my particular path. It started out um, when I was reading about Buddhism, and the Buddhists said that it's possible to not suffer, and I read that, this was about 20 years ago at this point, or 15 years ago, And I, I read, I, you know, I was, um, I had my normal, you know, average daily suffering just like everybody else. And I was wondering, like, how does that work? He's saying that it's possible to have an end to suffering. And here I am, you know, suffering to some degree and I have, you know, feeling anxiety or getting depressed sometimes or having problems in relationships. Like, how is it possible to not suffer in the middle of all of that? And, um, and that was a very interesting, question for me. And what I came to see is that it's not a belief that I believe I'm whole. What I've discovered is that when I can figure out how I'm actually suffering and where my attention is going that's making me suffer in any given moment, that it's possible to be free of that suffering in that moment. And being free of the suffering, suffering, you realize that there is an essential wholeness here that is is at the the source of every moment. It's right here waiting for us to, to discover it. So it's not something I believe. It's something I... Know to be true in my own experience, and I live from that place of wholeness. And if I do it, it's possible for everybody else too.
2: Ah, I think that explains the dedication of your book. To quote Jerry Maguire again, you didn't have me at hello, you had me at the dedication of your book. Uh, Okay. (laughs) When you said your book is dedicated to the possibility alive in you at this very moment of knowing that you are free. Can you expand on that just a little bit you know, so sure. our listeners get the idea
3: of where we're headed? Absolutely. So let's talk about where we put our attention. So, because that's a really important factor in understanding that we can be free in any moment. So, what's common if we don't really uh, take the time and the attention to explore what we're doing with our attention? What we find is that we think thoughts and we have feelings and these become our reality. So we tell ourselves stories in our minds about the things that happened from our past, about our worries about the future, expectations we have, how things should be different than they are. There's the inner critic, that inner voice that that says not very nice things to ourselves sometimes. So these are all thoughts these are all different kinds of thoughts and when we we put our attention into the content of these thoughts and we believe them and then they become our reality that uh, is an indication that we're thinking that we're limited and that we're we're contracted and inadequate and that something is wrong with us. Our thoughts, for the most part, there are some useful thoughts that kind of float in now and then, but most people's thoughts, most of the time, are negative and self-defeating. They drag us down. And when when our attention goes into these thoughts and that becomes our reality 24-7, that's where we suffer. So and
2: A lot of these thoughts come from what was said to us maybe casually as children. Oh, you can't absolutely. do that. You, you'll never be able to do that. Don't try that.
3: That sort of thing. Yeah. Sure, it comes from having heard those things being told to us. It they also can come from conclusions we draw of things about things that have happened. Like say, um, there's a child who's from a, a divorced family, and you know one of the parents is supposed to pick him up for um, a visitation and doesn't come. And so that child might conclude, well, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. If, if, if I was really good enough, my parent would come to get me. So it's, he might not have heard, well, you're not good enough, but it's a conclusion that he drew from the circumstances. So that can happen as well. And these thoughts are conditioned which means that we repeat them over and over in our minds. Most of our thoughts, if we really take a look at what we think, they're not original. You know, we've thought the same thing a million times, just regurgitating it over and over. But somehow we keep doing it and we, and we make that our reality. But what I suggest is that we investigate where our attention goes. And when we find that our attention goes into these thoughts, it's like glued to these negative and self-defeating thoughts. Our moments are not very happy moments because we're feeling dragged down. But what's absolutely possible is that we can draw our attention away from the content of the thought and just be here. And, and it's a, it's a being, it's, a, it's an aliveness, it's a presence, it's being present right here, right now, rather than being caught in our heads with stories and negative thinking.
2: On that note, it's time for us to go to break. As we go to break, I want you listeners, please, to think about the thoughts that you play over and over. When we come back, we'll talk about it more. This is Irene Conlin with my guest, Gail Brenner. saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more.
4: your better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed when you think of inspiring women who comes to mind is it a visionary like oprah winfrey political or legal figures like hillary clinton or sonia sotomayor or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like meg whitman No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment.
0: Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
1: You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlin. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1 346 9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome back to the self improvement show. Today we're talking to Dr. Gail Brenner, who has written this amazing book called The End of Self Help Discovering Peace and Happiness Right at the Heart of of your messy, scary, brilliant life. Now, some of you leave the brilliant out there, but please put it, put it back in because we all have some degree of brilliance there. But right in the middle of all this, you can find peace and happiness, and that's what we're talking about today. One of the things, Gail, that you've, you talk about is clear-seeing what do you mean by that and why is it important and and you know maybe you could touch on how you develop it.
3: Okay, sure. Well, I think what commonly happens to people for most of our lives we're on automatic. We're almost like robots. We keep doing the same thing over and over. We don't stop to reflect on our own experience and to to step back from it and take a look at what am I doing and what am I thinking and how am I feeling and and what is the nature of my experience? And by clear seeing, what I suggest is that we put a laser on exactly what we're doing at any moment. We become aware. There's a there's a capacity of developing a sense of awareness. It's always here we're just not used to it but we we step back from our experience and we become aware so so you might say oh i realize that i'm i'm buying into these negative thoughts about myself or expectations about what people should do and i realize that that makes me suffer and when i suffer i feel sad or i feel anxious and when i feel anxious there's a lot of agitation that happens in my body this is this is clear seeing this is seeing what's absolutely true in our experience at any moment and when we are um involving clear see- we we're not on automatic anymore we're not just like robots playing out our our mental habits over and over we've we've become alive to our experience we see what's actually going on and in the seeing of that we we realize that we can have some choice over what happens in our experience in every moment we don't have to move forward like a robot we can see what we're doing and relate to our experience in a very objective and and um, and um, um, optimistic way, so that it, it helps us and it serves rather than bringing us down.
2: You know, I find that extremely helpful. I hadn't thought of it quite this way until I read your book. And when mm-hmm. I find myself overreacting with someone or about something somebody said, when I say to myself, what, Why am I going here? What am I feeling? What's you know at the root of this?" and I go way down with it. I'm always surprised. It isn't yes. what I thought it
3: was. And, and that's, it, that's a wonderful practice because yeah. um, so many times those, those feelings are sitting there, but they're outside of our awareness. I know for me in my own experience there's been a lot of fear and I and once I realized how much fear was there, I saw that my choices were driven by fear and, and that I was limiting myself because of fear. And once I saw the fear and I welcomed it and I, I invited it to come out of the shadows and into the light of my conscious awareness, I could make the choice not to have that drive me any longer. Absolutely. And the other thing that is a
2: surprise to me is when you get down to it, it may not have anything to do with what's happening in the moment, Mm
1: -hmm. but
2: it's triggered something else. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I didn't realize I I was still acting on that. (laughs) I thought thought that was past. That's right. That's (laughs) right. It's a surprise, not always a pleasant one. You think, oh my, the other day I said, you know, I think this is, you need to grow up a little bit
1: (laughs) Uh or something
2: like that. How do you develop clear seeing? What do we
3: do? I think there's no magic to it. I think there has to be. A, a desire, and, and you might even call it a fire, to know the truth and to, and to really want to end the suffering. Some people get very caught in their mental and emotional habits, and they really don't, you know, it's, as odd as it might sound, they don't want to give them up, but... um If you have that fire to be happy and you have that fire to want to know how it's possible to not suffer, then that's the first starting point to clear seeing. And then there's no real real magic to it. It's just about doing it. It's about inquiring and asking questions. What is my experience right now? Okay, I'm thinking. How does that make me feel when I'm thinking those thoughts? Is that serving? me to think those thoughts. What feeling am I feeling? What is that feeling like in my body? And it's really helpful to to know how feelings are in your body so you don't get caught in the story of them in your mind. You bring the attention down into the body and see what sensations are there when you have a feeling. This is all clarifying and bringing out into the light what is actually happening in our experience and how it's serving and not serving and what the effects of it are. And then we can make a choice to say, I don't want to go there. You know, I see if I keep thinking those thoughts, I know that it's going to take me down a road that I don't want to go. So I stay here and I breathe and I let the thoughts go, but I don't have to follow them. And I can just stay here and be present and be attuned to how life is actually unfolding in this moment. You know, that's one of the
2: things you talk about throughout the book is getting out of your mind, of not letting your thoughts rule. And you're saying that we need to pay attention to our feelings. And, And that's almost counter to what most of us have been taught. You know, don't pay attention to your feelings. You know, oh, you shouldn't feel that way kind of thing. Can you trust your feelings? You know, where do you go if you get out of your mind? Is feelings where you go? Or are there
3: yeah. other places to go as well? There are other places to go, but but it's important to know how to explore feelings. So it's um, we get out of our minds, and then we realize that we're feeling something. But a feeling, let's say, let's say fear, is often a uh, a story that we tell ourselves in the mind. So we say, oh, I'm afraid of what might happen in the future. I'm afraid I'll fail if I take that promotion and 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 do something that I've never done before. So that's a story that we tell ourselves in our minds about uh, what might or might not happen in the future. And we also, at the same time, have uh, physical sensations like agitation in the body. So it really helps not to continue the story, but to go into our bodies and just allow the physical sensations to be, to create a big space, a big, open, welcoming space to let those physical sensations that go with these feelings to just come and go and change and be and to not resist them. And then there's a great freedom in that. We realize, well, once I'm letting go of the story and I'm not worrying about the future and I'm just feeling the sensations that are here right now, it starts to put the the pin in the balloon of the fear and it it just deflates it, it softens it, and it it starts to lose its power when we work with it that way.
2: So if I am facing something and I feel a knot in my stomach... (laughs) I can really
3: find out what's in that knot. Is that I would say just just be with that, just breathe, just notice, okay, I feel sensations in my belly. I'm calling that a knot in my belly. And then you just take a breath and then you open up your awareness you you make this huge kind of space in your being to allow that not to just be there and it might change it might not change you have no expectations around it, no push or pull, no resistance, and just allow that to be there and maybe and who knows what will happen then maybe it will um, Maybe that, that that sensation will go away, maybe it'll get a little stronger, maybe it'll change to something else, maybe some insight will pop into your mind about what that might be about or something that you need to take care of in your life. So it's it's allowing things to be as they are and not resisting our experience.
2: Most of the time is, and I mean, that's, well, let's go with it. Most of the time is what we find there some form of fear. You Um, talk
3: a lot about fear. Yes. In my experience, yes. I think there are two things we find. One is fear and one is this inner sense of lack. That we feel like inadequacy, like there's something missing, things are not okay. So those those are the two basic um, feelings or, or experiences that that underlie pretty much all of our suffering. You take any problem, you'll find some kind of fear or sense of inadequacy underneath it. But what's what's important is to go even further than realizing that those physical sensations are there of the fear and the sense of inadequacy, which is, sometimes shows up as like a heaviness in our chest or the belly or maybe even on the, around the shoulders or the neck. and um, And to realize what that sensation is appearing in. It's not just kind of... You know, random coming on its own. It comes in a space of awareness. So we're aware, and then that sensation comes in that space of awareness. We're conscious. We're aware. We're alive. We're watching it. We're observing it. We're we're um, we're the witness of it, and that witnessing presence is really important to notice because it's a very relaxing place to be. So if you're from a place of a witness with witnessing presence, you're watching a sensation, the witnessing presence itself is quite peaceful and quite calm. And that is the the entree into our true nature, to knowing that we're whole, that we can rest in this space of awareness anytime no matter what is happening in our experience. And that's where we know that we can be peaceful and whole. So that
2: brings me to the question, if I'm whole, why do I feel like there's something missing? And you're saying, I can go with that and find out what that
3: feeling is? Yes. if, If you feel like something's missing, you're probably thinking a thought and probably a thought habit that you've thought a million times. Something's wrong with me. Something's not okay. This doesn't feel okay. And and the, even that thought that the thoughts and the feelings both appear in this space of just being aware. Like at any moment, and right now, we can just try it. If you, if you want to, just stop and breathe and be aware. You know, and when I lead meditations like that, it takes a split second for people to start relaxing. Just with that invitation that you can let go of all the thinking that, that, that uh, takes so much energy and all the feelings that create all this drama in our lives and turmoil, just for a second we can relax our attention away from all of that. And then we're just being. We're just here. We're just a presence that all of this can arise in. And that's the, the peaceful place that we can find in any moment. On that
2: note, I want to ask the audience to breathe, be aware, and stay there while we go to break. We'll be back in just a moment with more with Dr. Gail Brenner and the Self-Improvement Show.
4: We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you, Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
1: Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice
0: America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
1: You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlin. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's one 888 346 346 9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene conlan
2: Welcome back to the self improvement show. My guest today is Dr. Gail Brenner, who's written this wonderful book about self help. Please get it. Please read this book, uh, live with this book for a while. During the break, we were talking about the fact that I've had a really crazy morning and uh, when Gail said, take a deep breath and just relax, everything in me did. And it it was such a lovely feeling. I hope that you experienced that as well over the break. Um, The other thing we talked about is, you know, when you're being this aware, when you're following all your thoughts and feelings and all of these, how do you get anything done and Gail, you gave me such a lovely answer. You know, how do you get anything done when you're doing all this work? Well,
3: it, at the very beginning, it does take some time. And, and it's really valuable time to just, just to reflect, to, to think, what, what am I thinking? Where did I get stuck during the day? Uh, like to do this at the end of the day, where did I get stuck? Where was my attention going? And can I just bring my attention back to this? Peaceful place of being aware. Um, so, so that's that's uh, that's a, a useful practice. But what we find out as we continue with this is that it frees up our energy because we don't realize it. We spend a lot of energy in useless thinking and in keeping the dramas of our lives going. And when we realize that that we don't have to put our attention into all that thinking and that life is happening just fine without us thinking about it all the time, we find that we have more energy and we're more efficient and we're more creative, that our minds and our identification with our minds is not getting in the way so much anymore. This
2: brings me to one of the things you talk about, and that's, uh, yeah, that we flow like water. And water doesn't really know an obstacle. It goes under, around, over, however it needs to go to continue yes. to flow. How do we get there to this place of being able to flow like water? Lovely. Flow thought. like
3: it is. And I just love those words flow like water. Let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody would want too. to do that. Yeah. Um, so what that means is that we're not in resistance to what is. So say um, say that uh, you're expecting someone to call you and it's really important or it's something that you really want to happen, but they don't call you, and so you're sitting there. Wow, I want them to call me, but they're not calling me. That's a resistance because the reality is, oh they did not call me, that's what's happening. But when you live in that expectation that something should happen that's not actually happening, when you want your moment that's happening right now to be different than it is, you're in resistance. And flow like water is an invitation to not resist to say oh this is what's happening right now not that we have to um, accept it like and not change anything or um, you know that it makes us have to put up with things we don't want to put up with or be resigned it's not that kind of acceptance it's an acceptance of of oh this is what is so i'm going to flow with this and the flow might take you to one action or another action or no action you know we don't know what's going to happen when we flow but our our personal needs and desires are out of the way. We get ourselves out of the way so that we can live in the flow of life that is actually happening right now in every moment. We just don't interfere with it anymore. We flow with it rather than against it, or or um, or getting in the way, or, or working with the obstacles. We we release our attention away from these obstacles and we surrender into life and let that lead us. And I can tell you from my my own experience. It's a lovely, lovely way to be. It's very practical. You know, we, we, we encounter something and you go, Oh, I'm going to go with this. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to fight my own experience around it or my own reactions. And it's, um, it, people find that it's a, it's a lovely, relaxing way to be in life.
2: Yes. I'm thinking about the, somebody was supposed to call me and didn't. And, and so often we spend so much time and energy you know, wondering why, putting some blame on, figuring that yeah. we're not worth it, or whatever, whatever wherever our mind takes us, if we just let it flow, we don't have to waste all that time and energy with all that
3: drama. <laughs> that's exactly that is exactly right. I mean, that's 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 just right on, because um, you know they're not calling. I mean, we can wish it and want it and fight against it and blame them. We can do all of that stuff. The reality is still a fact. They, aren't, they haven't called. So you have a choice right there. You can make a big drama about it. You can fight and blame and, um, you know, just cause all kinds of trouble for yourself and in the relationship. Or you can just say, oh, this is what's happening. I don't know why they're not calling. And you know, and that, that's an, an openness, a great openness right there. It makes life so much easier.
2: And this brings us to relationships. Your chapter on relationships was exquisite. I really loved this chapter. So let's, let's talk a little bit about relationships and, and what difference living this way makes in a relationship. What happens, for instance, when one partner begins to live in this freedom and the other one does not?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What happens yeah. in most relationships then?
3: We, we walk our own path. We can't walk someone else's path. So if one person... Is interested in exploring why they're how they're suffering and how not to suffer. That's that person's path, and you can hope. and And it would be lovely, and it's nice actually when when both people in a relationship are on board and they can explore these kinds of issues together. It's it can be really helpful, but it's often not the case that, um, that that both people are on board. So what I recommend to people is to walk your own path. If you feel frustration because your partner isn't involved or is sadness, to feel that, that that's your moment, that's your experience. And again, not to blame, not to... Um, uh, you know, try to make them do something that they're not doing or that they're not interested in because that again is resistance. But it it's a it's a, a reflection back into your own experience to see what's there and to see how you can come to peace with even that in the moment, if if that frustration is arising. And maybe that means that um you know Something will happen to the relationship, or you know, at this extreme, you don't want to be in it anymore. That's possible, but then it comes from this place of insight and clear seeing, where you you know what's happening. It's not coming from an emotional place. It's it's a it's a reasoned, um, logical response from the situation that you feel like you know maybe you don't want to be with that person anymore. But when you start being honest with your own experience, you never know what going to happen. and you might find that you're infinitely capable of being with someone else even if they're not interested in this because you know that love and you know that um the capacity within yourself to be free and that may be enough
2: gail i see we have a caller is the caller still with us jennifer from illinois and irene um, yeah, I've been listening, and you've clarified a few things for me just in what you've uh, said. And so I'm just wondering, is it really where you're more listening and waiting and being
3: more patient in
4: just observation rather than reacting
3: right away? That's a really great yes, question. Yes. Shall I go ahead? Oh, yes, yes, please do. Okay. That's a really good way to to say it to, to to be patient and to kind of listen because listen is a listening is a beautifully open space when you're listening, you know, you're just, you're waiting, you're open, you're available and receptive to what might come. So if you even, you can even be listening and and receptive to your reaction. So we automatically react. I mean, that's just happened. That's normal human behavior. You know, we, we get angry at something or we, we just react quickly. But when we realize we're in reaction, we can just Say, oh, okay, this is what's happening right now. Take a breath and step away, meaning move our attention back from that reaction. And at that point, you're in surrender and you're listening and allowing things to be. It's a, it's a, um, it's, it's not a passive way of being, but it's a, it's a, an allowing that that can be quite alive and quite useful in terms of bringing insights about the next step. I'm wondering what the words would be, especially if, let's say, the other person is, you know, trying to engage you
4: into some kind of drama, um, you know, and you're in that moment and maybe you're feeling that anger. And I'm just wondering, you know, when you're stepping back, a bit, what do you say? Do you say simply to them that I need to step back from this or
3: you can do that. I mean, it's it's. It totally depends on the situation. Um, you can say, I, "I right now. I feel like I want to react, but I'm not going to. And I'm just going to sit here and just be silent for a moment. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm still present here. I'm still here in the interaction with you. But I but I really am choosing not to react right now, even though I feel like I want to. I mean, that would be a beautifully authentic thing to say to someone, mm-hmm. or. It, you know that might not always be appropriate, and what might be appropriate is just for that to happen in silence, where you know what's happening inside, and you're saying to yourself, "I see what's happening here, and I'm and I'm not going to react. I'm just going to be with what's happening and um, and see where it goes. And when you stop playing the dance, the relationships often get into a dance where. You, you're saying the same things, both people are, over and over, and you, you, you can write the script of what you're going to say in, in an argument. To stop that dance is so profound because you're, you're, uh, once one person stops, the game is over. And, you know, then the other person might still be in their, their conditioning and their, their reaction. But if you're not playing the game, it changes everything. And so you can sit there and, and ground yourself in your heart and, and go to a loving space and go to an accepting space and then see what happens because it's, it's you never know what's going to happen from that space. Something magical could unfold. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for
2: calling. On that note, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have just even more with Gail Brenner, so stay tuned.
4: Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. It's time to access your magic.
0: It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time.
4: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN.
2: Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Dr. Gail Brenner. We're talking about her wonderful book about the end of self-help. I think we need about three or four more hours because there are so many wonderful things in this book to talk about, to think about, to explore, uh, that we certainly can't do it in an hour. One of the things, Gail, that you, you mentioned, a little phrase, and there's so many of them that just really stuck with me. Is the pathless path back to yourself? What do you mean by
3: that? I, I also love that phrase, so thank you for that question. Um, we think of a path it's, as something that goes from point A to point B. So we're walking in time and space along a path and we're going somewhere. But a pathless path in, in the in what we're talking about today means that we're actually not going going anywhere. It feels like a path because we're going from being caught in our heads and our conditioning to just being aware and understanding and knowing this presence within ourselves. But it but we're actually not going anywhere and we're not becoming anything. We're always present. Our our awareness is always present. This whole of who we essentially are is always here. It's always the case. So it's a matter of just realizing that all of that is true. So we don't go anywhere and become anything or fix anything that's broken or, or change or become a better person. It's, it comes back into ourselves where we realize that we've always been whole, even though our thoughts have led us to believe otherwise. So that's what I mean by a pathless path. It doesn't really go anywhere except right back to this understanding of who we've always been. And that takes us really,
2: in a way, to the whole concept of oneness And one of the things you say is once you realize you don't need the sense of the personal self to live, you don't need to protect or defend yourself. You're free to allow the most natural responses to emerge from you. So are we emerging into this
3: collective self? Absolutely. That's that's hmm. exactly what it is. We, We shed our identities, our personal identities, these personal... Views we have of ourselves are often very limiting. Even if we think really well of ourselves, it's still there's still a limitation around it. We don't have to think about ourselves at all. We don't have to create a personal self that's separate from other personal selves. We we live that way. I mean, that's a it's normal to 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 um to have that idea about ourselves and other people. But that's separation. You know, here's me and here's that other person over there. But when you Get to the source of it. Not only am I whole, the other is also whole, and it's that same wholeness. So when you look into someone else's eyes, it's not the other that you're seeing. There, It is on the surface, but if if you look at the deepest level, you're just seeing yourself. You know, you're just seeing that oneness that all of us, uh, that is the, the the true identity for all of us. So that's the oneness of being, and from that, with knowing that, with the personal self out of the way, needs, desires, fears, all of that seen through for what it really is, which is just a distraction from our happiness. Then, then we're aligned with that flow. And and uh, there's energy and natural unfolding and quite a bit of happiness and joy too.
2: It Kind of takes us into the heart of quantum physics, doesn't it?
3: <laughs> it does, but it, but I want to make it really understandable because quantum physics, you know, it, you know, people go, oh my god, and, you know, the mind the mind completely turns off. Oh, oh and, yes, and it's, oh yeah and but but i i really try to make it very understandable for people and and something that can be realized in our own experience because there is something very simple about this and something that we we know you know if you've ever laughed so you you know completely uncontrollably that where you just completely lose it laughing that's that's touching into that that mindless state where there's just pure being and the pure arising of joy yes One of
2: the things you say that really spoke to me, really hit me, is this. Acting as if you are who you actually are may be just what you need to break down the mind's rigidity. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. How Acting
3: as if you are who you actually are. It's an, it's a fun experiment. So if you're out there listening to me and you're saying, I'm not whole, what is she talking about? I, I can prove how inadequate I am. So what I would say to that, it, one way to kind of play with that is experiment as if you were whole. If you were whole, what would you say? What would you do? How would you relate in your relationships? How would you feel in your body if you knew this essential wholeness about yourself? So even if you, the mind, the mind is saying, I don't know this. I don't know what she's talking about. She's wrong. Just do the experiment and see what it's like to live from this place of wholeness. And, and so, so that's what I mean by that to, to act as if you are this, um, this light, this, this um, expansive sense of being that is our true nature.
2: One of the things you have in the book that I found delightful was your chapter on curiosity, and you ask all these questions, and I started laughing because I had most of them as I Uh read your book. And one of them, and I'm thinking, this is really brave, you ask the question, I've tried doing what you suggest, but it hasn't worked. What do you say to people who say that to you?
3: Yeah. Um, So the mind is saying it hasn't worked because what we're dealing with is not um, uh, solutions over time. So the, the the time to deal with anything that I'm talking about here today is the moment. So if you go, well, I'm happy, I'm unhappy tomorrow. You know, I'm doing this now and I'm feeling okay, but I'm going to be unhappy tomorrow. Then when that next unhappy moment comes, that's your moment to do the exploration. So it's not about um, feeling better over time, although that might happen. It's really about finding our way to peace and happiness in any given moment. And I, I absolutely know that that's possible. So when we look at it that way, that it's only the moment you have to worry about. You don't have to be concerned with the past, the future, any of it, because those are just concepts of the mind anyway. It's really about how am I suffering in this moment and how can I find my way to the end of suffering in this moment. And that's, that's really all that's needed. Ah, How do you know
2: if a thought of doing something is a pure expression of love or comes from some other agenda? And we might have to use this as the last question because we're right up to the end of the show. How do you know that? You
3: know, you just know. You know, you can say, is there fear here? And, and explore and go deep and say, is there fear here? If you, th- and if you think there might be fear, that's probably an indication that there is some. But there's something that you just know when a thought comes, oh, I should travel to here. I should write a book or I just feel like saying I love you to everyone. Or these, are, these are unconditioned thoughts that come. They, they just arise out of the truth of who we are and they, they have a certain aliveness to them. When we're fearful or limited, we feel kind of flat and there's a there's a deadness to it. But when there's an aliveness to a thought that comes, we can be absolutely certain that that's a thought that comes from love and not from fear.
2: Lovely. And now I can ask the last question that I usually
3: ask. What's the thought you'd like to leave
2: with our listeners today, Gail?
3: I would like your listeners, every single one of you out there who's listening, to know that it's possible to take whatever is happening in your experience in any moment. You can unglue your attention from the thoughts. You can stop the drama that comes with feelings, and you can just be and breathe and open to the presence that is here because that's what's here and available anytime, any place always and it's always here waiting for you to return it's a precious sacred return to who you are on that note
2: i'm going to say thank you gail so much for being with us
3: today it's It's been my pleasure thank you and i want to let people know that i have a very rich website with tons of stuff on it and it's at gailbrenner.com and i'd love people to stop by
2: and that link is on the self-improvement blog. I totally forgot. I got so excited about what you had to say. <laughs> GailBrenner.com. Next week's guest is Janine Wiest, who will talk about the alchemy of self-healing and craniosacral therapy. So come back next week for more of the self-improvement show.
1: Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, that improvement out there starts in here.